Hey, Big Soy family. Happy Tuesday. I know we're all feeling the middle of the week, so I'll get right to it. It's producer Lane. Thank you guys for coming to the mid-by-tri-quarterly check-in. Now, while our CEO and shareholders understand the value of Black, Indigenous, people of color, equine rider voices even, um, and recognize that mental wellness is within the current sphere, we do have to circle back and take point on what is always evergreen for us, which is numbers. Webster's Dictionary defines numbers as a quantity or amount, but I know you guys. I've seen your outputs, I've seen your inputs, I've seen your imports and your exports even, and I have faith that come the end of this quarter, we're going to have quantities and amounts, plural. My faith in you is in fact so strong, so paramount, that I know that this next announcement will excite you all. As COVID restrictions have finally fallen to the wayside, we can now begin our new and exciting hybrid work schedule. So Monday through Friday, you'll be in Austin, Texas at our Tesla headquarters, And Saturday through Sunday, you'll be brushing your teeth in between scrum meetings at the new top-secret location of Quibi's relaunch, Fibby, in an undisclosed location in Burbank, California. Now, I know some of you might have concerns about seeing your families or the legalities of the schedule, or why you would need to record a podcast in two separate locations in two separate states, neither of which are podcast studios. And all I can say is that the end-to-end process is currently on a need-to-know basis and that we value your time and energy. All will be revealed in due time, and the blood we took from you back in February is part of the stipulations in your NDA, so if you would like to speak further on this, you can ping me on Slack, or if you do want to speak to legal, uh, you can't. So great work, team. Let's get those numbers soaring. Um, And briefly, I want to take a moment to read and encourage you all to reflect on some words um, from our new work mindset uh, from an entity I admire very much, the company Microsoft. Um, We will be introducing two ideals, so Goblin Mode and Jomo. All right, Goblin Mode, you might have seen this online. It's described as a type of behavior which is unapologetically self-indulgent, lazy, or greedy typically in a way which rejects social norms or expectations. And I want you guys to find a way to embrace this empowering take and show up to work more as yourself um, within your means and while not compromising on efficiency. And lastly, we have JOMO. Um, JOMO's the opposite of FOMO, so it's the joy of missing out. And it describes a state of happiness that's a result of not doing something Um, whether that be an event, a meeting, a conference. We want everyone here to embrace JOMO and not make our employees feel like they're being judged for missing a meeting um, or that value comes by visibility or presenteeism. Um, I am looking forward to your upcoming performance reviews. You can't JOMO that. You got to be there. And it was great talking with you guys. See you later. Have a great episode. Hey, I'm dead.
Hey pigs, hello prayer warriors. I feel a little bit nervous after hearing all of that from our boss. I feel yeah, like playoffs are maybe they're coming. And I don't know who do you, of the two of us, who do you think is who's more uh, dispensable? I mean, I think with you know the 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 Quibi relaunch, Fibby, and you being the former CEO, um, I think you have more value to add. Yeah. Um, and you know, like, but I do feel like as, you know, as a, as a voice for equine riders everywhere, um, they'd be losing a a pretty big point of diversity. So, um, I'd be a little disappointed. What our listeners don't know is that, you know, this is more, it's a labor of love for Kenny who comes from generations of generational wealth. So Kenny takes- Kenny takes home a, um, what's it called? Like a, mm, not honorary, um, sort of, it's a symbolic salary of one dollar mm-hmm. a year because you don't, you don't need the money. Uh, but I take home a paltry wage of $199,000 um, because, you know, cause I don't, I don't come for money, so right. th- this wage just reflects the amount of work that I do. But I think in the event of layoffs, they uh, our CEO would save a lot of money by getting rid of me. So I, I'm going to have to show up to work goblin mode, show up to Big Soy Naturals as more of myself as in goblin mode than ever before, and... There is nothing like the joy of missing out, of hanging out with my friends or doing things that I want to do because I have to podcast, you know? Sometimes life throws wrenches at me and it throws hammers and uh, screws and other other tools. And I have to say, no, 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 I'm I'm not going to partake in any of that because I have to podcast and... There's there is a joy of missing out when that mm-hmm. happens. I feel joyful when I have to turn down plans because I'm I'm a podcaster. That you know, makes sometimes hundred ninety nine thousand dollars a year. Sometimes I do feel the joy of missing out in some ways. Um, like like my like my mom does this thing very frequently where um she will call me up and she'll be like telling me about things she's doing as a way of saying like. Like, you shouldn't have moved away. Like, and look, look at all the fun things you could be doing if you lived here. And she's like, I went to a party for a friend of mine yesterday, and they had a woman who went to mime school, and she did miming for all of us. I was so sad that you missed it. And I was like, thank you for warning me about that party, because um, it sounds like I'd never, ever want to go ever in my life. Like, and I really did feel the joy of missing out that day. Mm. Um, so in some ways, I'm glad to be working more, and especially on this new hybrid schedule. Because, you know, like, oh, at I the end of the day, schedule. what's, yeah. like what's, I love what's, a hybrid schedule. There's nothing that I love more than showing up to work in person sometimes. Yeah. Just like a, the occasional cameo appearance to mm. say, like, I'm here, and I show up with my laptop that they gave me to work at from home. And I sit in front of two Acer monitors that don't turn on and have never turned on. 
and I do the same uh, hour and a half of work that I did at home here. It's kind of like being um, a child who has piano lessons, but they're like always on like a weird day of the week. And my piano teacher is constantly trying to convince me to come to the piano lessons by being like, hey, we've got free bagels at these piano lessons. Wouldn't you like to come? And, you know, like it's it's always on a different day of the week. It's always a surprise as to when I'm going to learn how to play hot cross buns. Um, so I love I love a hybrid schedule. And I especially love that this one is now seven days a week. And I do not wonder where my blood went. And I never have. I trust that they're doing good things with mm. my blood. Yeah. And I don't need to think about it. You know? Speaking of blood, welcome to listening to Big Soy Naturals, the only podcast that has never taken and will <laughs> never take any money from Peter Thiel. Big Soy Naturals is the only podcast that is not affiliated in any way with the CIA. We are also the only podcast that uh, will never get involved in ideas, futures, or any any kind of uh, betting over when the next or the first 9-11 is going to happen. Um, you, might, you might say that Big Soy Naturals is the only ethical podcast but that's not for me to say. You might you might say that, but we can confirm that yeah, you might say that we have on... never taken money from Peter Thiel and we never will. Like for example, dear dear Pay Peg, dear prayer warrior, you might say that Big Soy Naturals is the number one non-Peter Thiel backed ethical Thiel? Thiel? I never know. Thiel. I never know. Okay. Well, Peter it's the number one. You might We've say talked about him happens. so many times. How does how is this the first time that I've heard you say his name like that? I don't know. I kind of just I think I blacked out there for a second. <laughs> you're you know you're valid. It's fine. I'm sorry. I'm well, sorry anyway. for interrupting you. <laughs> well, anyway, you might say, dear listener, you know, on Twitter or mm-hmm. Tumblr mm-hmm. or Reddit or Blue Sky, maybe Blue Sky, Send Blue me an Sky LinkedIn, um, LinkedIn, Hotmail. Friendster, you might say on on these social media sites. Wow, you know I love at Big Soy Naturals, the number one non Peter Teal backed podcast um, that is one hundred percent ethically made. The only, only and number the one. only and number one and the most ethically made podcast ever. Um, and you might add us at uh, at Big Soy uh, Naturals everywhere. Um, in order to say that, just so that everybody knows um, how you feel, not how we yeah. feel, but how you feel. And by subscribing to our Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash naturals, you are supporting independent media because we receive offers every day from Peter Thiel and his various dark money um, he's begging. Little, little it's arms. really sad. And he's like, please let me sponsor <laughs> you. I want to control what you have to say. I want like um, the, the ability to write out inflammatory statements that you make about me. I want to control your podcast topics. And it's, it's hard because I'm living off of $199,000 a year and it's not enough. I have two dogs to feed. I live in 
Philadelphia, a city where a cheesesteak can run you anywhere from from four to twelve dollars, sometimes fifteen if you get it at one, at one of the tourist shops, and I have to buy two cheesesteaks for each of my dogs every three hours. It's very expensive. I'm mm. always considering taking Peter Thiel's dark money, but I have morals, and I say no, not today. And then I talked to our CEO, Elon, and I'm like, is that, is that all right for me to say that? And he, and he said, yeah, it's fine. He's so, like, yeah, I fucking hate Pete. <laughs> because Elon supports independent media. That's yeah. why he is the CEO. He has he is acquired our podcast, the only podcast that tells the truth, except for when we're lying, and has never been sponsored by Peter Thiel. We have never taken any money from him. We have never met with him for dinner. We have never let him buy us an IPA or a non-alcoholic beverage. We've never gotten into his car. I've never given him my blood to put into his own body, even though I'm very healthy and I go to the gym at least three times a week. Your blood is really good. I have good, good blood. I do have an autoimmune disorder, but it's, but it's an autoimmune disorder that belongs to a person that goes to the gym at least three, sometimes five Sometimes six if I'm like having a really bad week and I'm sad. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes six times a week. Peter Thiel wants my blood. He wants my content. And I say, mm-hmm. no. 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 At the expense he of millions of dollars. will not get it. You know, he's been hanging around, you know, with my dressage circles. He's been clip-clopping mm-hmm. all over, you know, trying to like rub elbows um, yeah, yeah. with my horses. Um, which is weird because horses don't have elbows. Um and you know, trying to trying to get in with me, and it's really kind of sad. Um, you know, like he's trying to speak horse to them, and all he can say is he's accidentally saying like, which is just fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and they're they, they're taking great offense to it, um, and they're always coming up to me, and they're like, which is like, oh my god, he's so cringe. Um, <laughs> I yeah. Um, we got to get this podcast started. Um, but before before we start, I do since we're ta- we're talking about tech companies today in our final installment of I might do a drone strike in Tony Hawk Pro Skater Two, um, and I have a free I have a free startup idea for anyone that wants it. So you know we were talking about like remote work and and working in person. And I was thinking about how there's some workers that don't get the opportunity to request that they do their work remotely because, you know, the nature of their job sort of requires that it happens in person. For example, people that do data entry and also people that work in grocery stores, like they have Mm -hmm. to, they have to go to work in person because they got to stock the groceries at the grocery store. But that means that maybe when, What's like a regional grocery store that you've got? Do you do you got Shoprite? I've got I've got Fred Meyer. Um, okay, Fred Meyer is a great place to shoplift from if you're in a wealthy neighborhood. They do it's not. True, I actually. mean, no one chases shoplifters, but in the in the rich Fred Meyers, they have like two floors, and you can walk out of the second floor, and there's no one in there. Um, so okay, but here's my here's my idea. They want to be competitive when they're hiring new people, but they can't because they can't offer remote work. 
but now they can. You know those like self-checkout things? Yeah. What if there was someone who could like operate it from home that just every once in a while it does it doesn't even have to be like through a camera, although they do have cameras on those things where they, they just say like, I see you, I know yeah. what you're doing. Hey. Because I know you're you're I know you're checking yeah. out like a, a like a mango <laughs> like you're only checking out one mango and you're holding the bag while it's right. being weighed. I know that you're saying that this this bag only contains one thing of scallions, but it's actually a whole bundle of herbs. I see you. Exactly. You. And so this would save this would save like the grocery stores a lot of money because they could just um you know, they could just have someone at random intervals be like, hey, I, I see what you're doing. I see what you're up to. That, that would stop would you a little that? shoplifter in their tracks. What would you call that role? And it would make them more competitive to to the competitive field of people that could work at any grocery store they want. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the, I mean, it would just be like the same job that you get hired for to like, you know, you take turns being a cashier and you take turns I think- stocking. But you're in, now it's hybrid because I think you, you could call at, it sit at home sometimes. And I yell. think you could call that specific role the digital finger wagger. Mm. Um, somebody who's like, no, no, ooh, you stop that now, ooh, you cut that out. Yeah. Hey, I see you. No, Free no. idea. Free yeah. idea, everyone. Um, speaking of ideas and. Um, of tech companies, we're going to introduce the final character of our Tony Hawk drone strike series. The final boss, if you will. Let's let's give a drum roll and a warm welcome to Seattle resident <laughs> Bill Gates. Some facts about Bill Gates. He and Melinda divorced after 27 years together, making his marriage part of the 27 Club. He based on various street style photos and candids throughout the years, um, has no swag, no drip, does not know how to dress. His daughter has ADHD, making her have something in common with many of you. He's also the founder of Microsoft. um, And Microsoft, they make the Xbox. They also own Discord, where you can hang out and join by joining the peanut chamber with me, you can hang out with me and Kendall and Lane, and you probably can get spied on by like various government agencies in, in that Discord. And you, but you can also hang out with us. And there's going to be a link in the description. Come, come, hang out. Don't. Oh, I meant we're spying on you too. You know. Um, I don't think I care that much. That's true. I don't care what they have to. I, like if they're up to something, it's not my business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they 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 share all kinds of. T- things in there that is not mm-hmm. my business um so we've we've shared the long history of various gaming companies and their relationships with the u.s military but what's going on with microsoft our friends at microsoft my fellow my former neighbors when i lived in seattle um at the moment, I think the thing that's been in the headlines lately is the Microsoft Activision purchase or yeah. merger, um, which, if you remember from our first episode, a- Activision's got some characters in their leadership that are also on the board of various like defense councils and UN-backed uh, 
organizations, um, and Microsoft is trying to scoop them up. The Kotaku article titled, This Was Inevitable, says about this sale um, or this merger, I guess it's a sale to Microsoft, but it's also merging. And it says that there was simply no precedent for a sale of this magnitude in the video game industry. The previous biggest acquisition before this was the 12 billion take two paid for by Zynga earlier this month. The biggest before that was the 8 billion 10 cent paid for Supercell. Microsoft's purchase of Activision Blizzard is in a whole other stratosphere. How do you feel about the Microsoft Activision merger? Do you think it's good? No, not at all. Um, it uh, gives me stress wets. Um, it uh, just is another... Sorry, there's a lot of noise going on. Um, okay, why don't, you, why don't you start that over? When Yeah. Uh, I do not feel good about the uh, Microsoft Activision merger. Um, it gives me stress sweats. Um, it's, uh, it, was, it was done really uh, poorly. Um, there were a lot of negotiations back and forth that were, that were not handled very well. Um, also, just Activision Blizzard is a company that's had a lot of bad press in the last couple of years. Um, Blizzard has had multiple um, you know, lawsuits protests from their employees um, and general tomfoolery by people over there um, having to do with being a sex pest, being uh, bad to their employees um, who are people of color, especially bad to women. Um, they had a room called the Cosby Room. Okay. That doesn't, like they, that doesn't sound very good, but would it change your mind if you heard that Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella said that this deal is going to play uh, a key role in the development of our metaverse platforms? That makes so me want to throw a, up. It's actually going to be good. No, no, no. He said we're <laughs> investing in world-class content and community and the oh, cloud oh, 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 to, to oh, usher oh. in a new era of gaming. <sighs> That puts creators first and, okay, I know you, you're saying something about women, but it mm-hmm. says makes gaming safe, inclusive, and accessible oh. to all. You know what? I feel so silly for doubting them in the first place. You know, after everything that happened between Activision Blizzard and all the wonderful things that happen at Microsoft, you know, I was feeling my doubts. But hearing that, you know, ugh, all my worries are gone. Washed yeah. away. Um, a different Microsoft post about the deal. Um, maybe it will continue to like just quiet those fears of yours. Don't be afraid, mm-hmm. Kendall. This is actually good. It says <laughs> over many decades, the studios and teams that make up Activision Blizzard have earned vast wellsprings of joy and respect from billions of people all over the world. We are incredibly excited to have the chance to work with the amazing, talented, dedicated people across Activision Blizzard, Blizzard Entertainment, Beanox, Demonware, Digital Legends, High Moon Studios, Infinity Ward, King, Major League Gaming, Radical Entertainment, Raven Software, Sledgehammer Games, Toys for Bob, 
Trey arc and every team across Activision Blizzard. And um, listeners will remember that some of these incredibly talented and dedicated people are um, orchestrators of of Abu Ghraib, various uh, Iraq War masterminds, People and, that, and just general, that came up with people that came up with really good spin for like yeah. what? How do we call torture? We call it advanced interrogation techniques. And Don't even you people, want even those people, people who, under the Microsoft banner? Well, even the people who weren't are like some of those people happen to be people who were like se- like in sex pests at Activision Blizzard. People who have been accused of. Um, creating a very hostile work environment for women um, and for people of color. And when, you know, a lot of employees walked out in solidarity with those women and, and female employees and, um, you know, non-white employees, um, they were threatened. You know, it's just like, it's, it's, it's not a good company all the way around. And this okay, is so many, there's, this is so many different little organizations that they have that now Microsoft owns. Consider this Bill Gates, um, was a, like an original investor in the impossible burger. And I, I think do that like this an impossible might, burger. Oh, you're okay. You're wrong. Um, I think that this <laughs> maybe might lead to a situation where we get an impossible burger that tortures you. I do like that idea. Or like an impossible burger that you and you wear like a VR headset and then uh, through the metaverse, you get to feel like you're eating like two impossible burgers can where it I tastes ask, even more like um like real meat can i ask would it be possible for um those two virtual impossible burgers to be like video game themed or maybe like the color of like my favorite marvel character like could i have a purple impossible burger well, you know, I think similar anything to like is possible in the metaverse and especially if they're teaming up with such um, talented and dedicated people from uh, entities like Toys for Bob or Demonware. You know, in that case, I'm all aboard. Yeah. This is not the first time that Microsoft has been making headlines for a controversial... Controversial? Mm. Controversial deal. (laughs) Maybe they're one of my fans. I don't know. Um... (laughs) But this one is um, a bit more directly related to their relationship with the U.S. military than merely giving money to a company that employs at least a dozen people directly involved in uh, the the PR campaign and the orchestration of the the war in Iraq. You know, this one's a little bit more directly related to the U.S. military. In 2019, for example, Microsoft was making headlines for its um, $480 million partnership with the U.S. military, where they gave 100,000 lucky troops their very own HoloLens. Um, I'm not, I mean, like, I don't work for... I don't work for Microsoft and I don't mm. work for the US military, but I feel like $480 million for 100,000 HoloLenses, if that doesn't seem like a great deal, 
Um, I mean, they like they do get to order more hollow lenses as part of this contract, but they have to keep paying for more. Like the contract allows them to um, get more or the, the U.S. military can get more hollow lenses and Microsoft will fulfill that, but they will have to pay for them. So I'm just I'm a little bit confused on the pricing here. Maybe there's more information that I'm missing but also, I know that, like, yeah, you, know, you do lucky, a government contract, you, yeah. you juice up those numbers a bit. That is how that works. Yeah, like, I, I get a feeling that the books might allegedly have been cooked a little bit here. I don't or maybe think that slightly, they have to cook slightly, the books. I don't think they have to cook the books because it's like you do a government contract. They say, like, can you build me, like, a shelf? And you say, yeah, that's going to be $10,000 mm. for materials and labor. And they usually okay, so they, maybe, they're just maybe like, not- yeah, because the money's maybe- fake. Maybe not cooked the books, but, you know, steamed, lightly steamed the books. There's, I don't think that, because um, they, they can just write down the numbers and then the yeah. government prints out the money from yeah. the, the machines. I'm, I'm um, confused about the term lucky troops. Like, was there a lottery oh, system mean. in place? That's, no, no, no. I, I said okay. that they're lucky. Okay, I wasn't 000. sure. I'm just not sure how these were distributed. Like, was it like a, no, like that a is specific not a troop? That's that's my okay. opinion. Because, I mean, they were, they were so 400... Lucky. $80 million for 100,000 mm-hmm. HoloLenses. You're lucky if you get one. Yeah, um, I mean, Microsoft that's an expensive piece of equipment that you're playing with there. Is um, making this deal by developing the military's augmented reality program, which they're calling um, the Integrated Visual Augmentation System. And they've helpfully provided us another acronym because these... These fools, they love acronyms. That one is IVAS, not a good acronym. Um, And Israel and the United States, they have both been using HoloLenses for a while in drills. A spokesperson for the IDF said that the technology um, behind HoloLenses can be used to help commanders visualize the battlefield and for field medics to consult doctors. But... There's uh, like the government document that shares the details of this contract also says that the AR program is designed for, uh, and this is quoting from the the document, soldier lethality, which will be vastly improved through cognitive training and advanced sensors, enabling squads to first detect, decide and engage. So I think, you know, it's a little bit more than like visualizing the battlefield or consulting doctors. Um, The U.S. government says that they would like to use this technology to integrate night vision, communication, targeting, and threat recognition capabilities in its new headsets. Um, surprisingly, or maybe not surprisingly, Microsoft workers, they they did not love this development um, in 2019. And so in response, they created an internal petition that was then publicized on February 22nd, 2019, that called on CEO uh, Satya Nadella and President Brad Smith, by the way, Brad Smith, fake name. Very fake name. Just doesn't feel like a name that, like, I don't know. No, it's not real. It's it's a very unreal name. Um, So, like, talking to President Brad. Yeah, no. That's just not a name that commands respect. I don't, I like, it's not presidential. Seriously. And so they called on these two leaders to cancel the deal. The workers involved, they said, uh, quote, they refused to create technology for warfare and oppression and that the engineers 
that went into the making of the HoloLens. They did it with the understanding that it would be used for civilian pursuits like teaching, construction, space exploration, and gaming. They said, we did not sign up to develop weapons and we demand a say in how our work is used. Um, this is not the first time that gaming technology by Microsoft has been like directly used for mm, other, other purposes. It, the U.S. Navy uses Xbox controllers um, from time to time to uh, like control ships or like launch strikes, which I feel like like imagine you're the person that gets killed <laughs> by, by an someone Xbox controller. Who's, yeah, like that sucks. Yeah, no, I'd there's be, no dignity in that death. Yeah, I'd be very unhappy in whatever afterlife I'm in if that if I hear that like some guy was you know trying to one v one me on Rust um, with a fucking Xbox controller. Yeah, um, I'd be pretty pissed off. But the like Microsoft petition signers were not ignorant about Microsoft's role in previous military technology, like development and contracts. It says that the use of HoloLenses uh, crosses a line specifically because it is weapons development. And so the petition also calls on Microsoft to stop building weapons tech and to appoint an independent ethics review board. And um, the petition like quickly amassed hundreds of signatures, which it continues to have. But Microsoft, uh, they they felt differently about how to respond to this petition besides just saying like, okay, we'll do it. Um, and so the following Monday after the petition was released, Nadella said that the company was not going to drop the contract. And he said, we're, we made a petition, uh, sorry, we made a principled decision that we're not going to withhold technology from institutions that we have elected in democracy to protect the freedom, the freedoms that we enjoy. You know that, that something that like someone is in the wrong and is truly like off their rocker if they use the word freedoms in their little speech. Not if they're um, protecting the freedoms. Not if they're saying this at the CNN Business at Mobile World con <laughs> Congress in Barcelona. Protecting the protecting the freedoms that we all enjoy. I don't know if I elected to have a military um back when i was have registered you to ever vote bought an xbox i had wait did I, I don't think i've ever bought an xbox personally actually mm, okay but you don't know no i haven't i haven't bought an xbox personally also i wasn't allowed to play video games um for quite a bit um, because my parents were sexist, so my my brothers got an Xbox, but I was not allowed to play on it. Um, or maybe they were just like half-hearted anti-imperialists, and they didn't want you to grow up. Bo to, boys to, can be recruited in the military. That's okay, but strikes. women in the military, yeah, simply, simply no. Simply Brad that Smith, that is Brad imperialism. Smith, our friend Brad Smith. <laughs> He said something similar in a blog post um, that was on the Microsoft website, like published in October of that year, um, saying that Microsoft will continue to address important ethical and public policy issues, but that the army should have access to the nation's best technology. So I think that this like uh, acknowledgement and this like partnership is going to be old news if you've listened to the previous episodes, which 
I mean, I feel like you have. Who jumps into part four of a podcast series? Yeah, you're a weirdo um, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like this, you know, it's not just unique to even tech companies that produce video games like Siri, um, the voice recognition technology behind it. That began with uh, funds from the Department of Defense mm-hmm. at Stanford, terrible school. Bastion of Evil, um, or like the co-founder of Hewlett Packard was the, printers, the former yeah. Secretary of Defense in the Nixon administration. Like this partnership between the military and tech companies um, is longstanding. And I think that just as we've talked about, the video game industry has only exacerbated and increased ties to that relationship. But even even with that, Microsoft, they stand out. Um, Microsoft has had some other more, like more recent, um, military partnerships in the past couple years. You might've heard of the war cloud, which was the deal that Microsoft landed in 2016. Um, and that was a 927 million information technology and consulting contract from the DOD. And then they followed that up with a deal to provide, um, Azure, which is their cloud, like cloud services, to the major U.S. intelligence agencies in 2018. Um, in 2019, Microsoft got $1.76 billion for IT consulting and support services to branches of the DoD. And then, Kenny, um, so like cops, they're the thin blue line. Right. The band ogre, they're the thin green line. Uh-huh. What? Like, what's ICE? What are they? Are ICE? they anything? Yeah, because they I feel cops. like they do have a line. I'm pretty sure they were like I do heard they once that they have a line. Let me find out. Um, ice, thin line. Okay, da, 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 da. seems like a lot of the red bubble stickers just have it as it is a thin blue line, but then under it is just the word ice. Like they've taken out like little bits of the line, and then it's just it just says ice. But, hmm. So they don't have... I don't think they do. They don't have a line. I think we could give them a line. We could give them a color. No, I think that they don't need more... A thin brown line. They don't need more imagery. Um, You know, you don't want to be fascist symbols. They like to have symbols. They use them. Um, But Microsoft, like, in addition to working with the U.S. military, they also work with um, militarized branches Within the United States, one of them being um, ICE and a corporate uh, Microsoft blog post back in January 2019 um, announced that um, Microsoft was proud to support ICE with the company's Azure cloud services. I don't know how they thought that was going to go for them, um, but it, it didn't go well. There was like, again, employee backlash. And so then the CEO had to say... Um, that the company's cloud services were only supporting uh, legacy mail, calendar, messaging, and document management workloads, and that they, they were not directly involved in programs separating families, which I like find very funny as an argument <laughs> because, like, what if they put on the calendar uh, that that you're helping run for them today? Today is the day that 
we separate someone from their family? Mm-hmm. Or what if they send an email that you are also helping support saying, uh, we, we got to do some evil shit today. Yeah. Do you have time for that? Do you, can we have a meeting to talk about that? Um, and then someone says, mm, I don't have time for a meeting, but can you send me another email and maybe put it on my calendar? Uh- <laughs> Why don't you CC me on um, all the evil things we're doing today? Um, and just keep me in the loop end to end. Oh, also, I found out it, there is a thin line. It's green. It's yeah, green. But that's ogre. It's a thin green line. Yeah, they Ogre's also have a thin green, green line. line. They also have a thin green line. I found that's, out. It's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, could you read a little bit from this Microsoft blog post by CEO Brad Smith with his fake name, called Technology and the U.S. Military. Wait, sorry, he's not the CEO. He's the president. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, the president. President Brad Smith. Um, this was published in 2018 explaining the relationship and defending the relationship between the U.S. military and Microsoft. I would love to read this. Do a good mm-hmm. corporate voice, though. Mm-hmm. Okay. First, we believe in strong defense of the United States, and we want people who defend it to have access to the nation's best technology, including from Microsoft. Second, we appreciate the important new ethical and policy issues that artificial intelligence is creating for weapons and warfare. We want to use our knowledge and voice as a corporate citizen to address these in a responsible way through the country's civic and democratic processes. Third, we understand that some of our employees may have different views. We don't ask or expect everyone who works at Microsoft to support every position the company takes. We also respect the fact that some employees work in or may be citizens of other countries, and they may not want to work on certain projects. As is always the case, if our employees want to work on a different project or team for whatever reason, we want them to know we support talent and mobility. Or, sorry, talent mobility is one phrase. Yeah, they like doing that. They love doing that. Uh, Given our size and product diversity, another twofer phrase, We often have open jobs across the company, and we want people to look for work they want to do, including help from, including with help from Microsoft's HR team. So that's like, um, fuck off. Yeah. If you don't want to, I guess you don't want to do this. (laughs) Go talk to HR. They'll put you somewhere else. They won't, they won't let you do the war cloud. Uh, Ryan, Um, suck my dick from the back. I don't give a fuck about you anything will not you're feeling. Have to provide Microsoft Excel support for ICE. If we you understand don't want that, to, that but there someone's are, gonna there do are it. ethics and policies, and we don't care about them. We're gonna pretend well, no, that no, we no, do. No. They said that they they appreciate, they appreciate that there them. are ethical issues. Mm-hmm. They, they don't he- say that they understand or that they don't, they just appreciate that there are issues. Mm -hmm. And that's something that our producer is constantly saying to us, but I'm like, please, I, I, I I would like my blood back. (laughs) I'm only making $199,000 per Mm -hmm. year. 
doing this podcast, it's so difficult. And, you know, Lane is always like, I appreciate that there's, there's ethical issues with being the co-host of Big Sway Natural. And we will continue to address those in our own way. Um, um, Brad Smith said, said this a little bit more succinctly and directly in a panel discussion at the Reagan National Defense Forum at the Ronald Reagan Presidential <laughs> Library, a place that I'm sure that you've you've been to Haunted. dozens of times. He <laughs> said that, that he was willing to, and this is the quote, provide the U.S. military with access to all the technology. Um, and I guess that Microsoft creates. So that's that's where that is. Yeah, they they they're like, we'll give you everything. You but want it, we I, got it. You know, these these they can they can, the Microsoft workers can keep they can keep making petitions if they want. But it also mm-hmm. isn't just Microsoft. Um, this is something that like is across the tech sector. I think that Microsoft probably in part because of maybe the this like these CEOs' opinions on things. Maybe also in part because of certain. Bill Gates relationships that laid the foundation for this partnership. Um, but it isn't just Microsoft. Like it is really all of the the tech companies. And I think that the level of involvement maybe corresponds a bit to, to how much gaming technology they produce. Cause Google um, was briefly involved with the military's project Maven. Google has, I mean, Google's got the Google play store they, and you can, yeah, you can well, get they apps. also, for they, your iPhone, they they have that other thing that well, they own Stadia, that, which which makes a lot of different games under a lot of different other like smaller well, but game Stadia studio titles was shut down um, right. in twenty twenty two, so that's over with. They or yeah. I guess that they announced the shutdown in twenty twenty two, but the service shut down for real, mm-hmm. like just at the beginning of this year. But now they're announcing Google Cloud for live games. So, I mean, like Google's involved in gaming, but they're not, you know, they're not making the Xbox. Um, And Project Maven uh, was something that Google was like uh, briefly involved with, which was a project that used machine learning to analyze drone technology taken in combat zones to identify threats and track enemy movements. And Google, they also knew that there was probably going to be backlash for this contract um, there are some leaked emails from Google AI researcher Fei Fei Li that ask um, their fellow Google colleagues to avoid at all costs any mention or implication of AI when talking to or uh, any mention or implication of AI in warfare when talking to the media about it. But then after the contract was signed, um, we've got another petition. 4,000 employees signed a petition urging Google not to continue with the contract. And in that petition, it it says, we believe that Google should not be in the business of war. Um, And the CEO, Sundar Pichai, which is a real name and not like Brad Smith, so I'll give him that, um, said that Maven was developing the AI for non-offensive purposes, but still they pulled out of the contract in June 2018 after months of bad press. You know, um... I too have pulled out of contracts due to bad press. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know, I've, I've pulled out of, you know, various um, sponsorship deals for my horses um, mm. just due to, you know, like they've tweeted some things 
not the not the the sponsors, but my horses. Um, and it it hasn't always been good. Um, I'm always telling them, you know, rein it in. Like, not everybody understands your sense of humor, but you know, um, they're just kind of a maverick, and they kind of just go, you know, go where it takes them. Um, I'm going to bring this back to to goblin mode <laughs> because I think that we can see these two different responses from Google and Microsoft as an example of you know Microsoft they were the one that put out the very encouraging um, motivational essay about how goblin mode looks like showing up as more of yourself at work. I think Microsoft they're going goblin mode. Yeah, Google um, they they did they had the fear of missing out and not the joy of missing out and um, like Google has less, they have significantly less military contracts than Microsoft does. And so the bad publicity, the employee backlash, um, like a negative press cycle in addition to an internal petition, I can see how that would be enough pressure in this situation to get Google to pull out of like one, one partnership. But Microsoft is not going to do that in response to an internal petition because they're getting millions of dollars to make a seemingly a f- few hollow lenses. Um, so it's in their best interests really just to continue ignoring those kinds of things unless the pressure is insurmountable, which is just not what's going to happen from mm-hmm. an internal petition. I feel like we have talked a couple times already about how I I need these I need these tech workers to get their shit together. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of uh, I don't live in Seattle anymore, but I I was just there, and I see these guys in their vests, and they're never wearing jackets. And it's like, always the vest, and the, their arms are so cold. I must I I feel, you know, it's no, just like I your torso is so warm. Not cold. I think that must be why they wear the vest. Their arms mm. are really warm because they're always. Typing. Yeah. Which furious, the furious, <laughs> furious mm. muscle mass being used. But I think that like this is a, a, a petition can be the start of, right. of organizing and it can be a way of, you know, getting a sense of how many of your coworkers agree and care about this issue. But it seems like, and maybe, um, you know, if any of our listeners work for Microsoft and they can correct the record, um, it's it seems like maybe that was where the the efforts to to halt the war cloud or some of these other um like military partnerships have stopped was like through an internal letter or an internal petition and then maybe a, like a sharing that the petition um has a lot of signatures like sharing that publicly there's a twitter account that we can link that's like microsoft uh workers that um was one of the places that peti- the petition was first shared publicly. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be like, that's, it's nothing, but it is, because uh, it's something. It's just also yeah. like, it's like step. Well, I mean, usually maybe when like you're, step two. When you're step trying one to like, is having the idea for the petition. Step two is getting it signed. Well, step you, three is when your CEO says, I'm mm-hmm. going to go goblin mode. Then, <laughs> then you, you do something well, about it. Like, like, and this is not what they were doing, but like, Usually when you're trying to, like, unionize your workplace, for example, you usually can, like, get a petition together of all of the people who would like to be a part of the union at your workplace. And that is to present the idea that there is a demand 
because all these people think of is demanded you supply. Don't wanna, you don't want to <laughs> no, you don't want to submit a petition to your boss of all the not, people that want to unionize. Not to a boss, but but to like like don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but in some ways, like 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 getting a bunch of union cards together, like there are steps okay. that t- you take to like that like involve writing your name. You know, on but that a piece of paper. Signing, signing union cards is not the same thing as signing a petition. It's true. Because that is like um, step step one to like having a, a, like being able to sit down at the bargaining table where you yeah. can then be like, hey, don't do not do the work loud. Yeah. Well, um, and that's, it that's seems the thing like is that like this is just petitions. And I like, could to be me, I, I find a lot of petitions like as a, as a like action. Uh, not very effective, and it has been proven to not be very effective in, like, a lot of... Well, if it's, like, okay, if it's, like, change.org, yeah. and, and it's, like, Obama, please, uh, don't, don't <laughs> Let me drink the liquid suits. out of the sarcophagus. Oh, he, he'll let you drink whatever liquid you want, and he'll pretend to drink it, too. Um, at that, we don't need to petition him for it, but I don't know. If you, if you were doing some kind of petition that was, like, please, 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 Obama, don't don't do more drone strikes. That's not going to go anywhere. I do mm-hmm. think like an internal workplace petition has some merit because it can show the, like the boss that you have um, like the majority or like consensus around a certain issue and that there's going to be strife within the workplace if, you know, they go forward on this thing. But I think that the response that Brad Smith Gave does kind of demonstrate the way that that's not going to go very far in a company as massive as Microsoft, where they're like, "Well, unless there are several steps taken after somewhere else, yeah, or like they are making so 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 much money off of this military partnership that even if like everyone that signed the petition, even if it was um, a significant portion of their workforce, even if they quit." it would be cheaper to just hire and train new people. Um, even if those are like high level positions mm-hmm. rather than to let go of these contracts that are worth billions of dollars. But I get like, I can see why um, it would work in the example of Google, which has, has way less of a relationship than Microsoft does. And mm-hmm. I think that in the case of like Microsoft workers, like, there, there's got to be some other things that would steps need to, to take afterwards in order to get rid of the work cloud. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is like part of a ongoing effort to from from the U.S. military to be involved and have their little hooks um, sunk in to Silicon Valley and all of its mm. delicious. Uh, technology and wires and usb usb ports and job creators job creators just like us Mm -hmm. um the military debuted in debuted debuted the military debuted in 2015 um the Defense Innovation Unit, which they call the DIU because they every, everyone loves an acronym, um, and that like, if somebody's they, been or, listening to the whole series, can you count how many acronyms so many there acronyms. are and just give us a total? Because well, I'd like to know. <laughs> they'd have to go back and because we gave that assignment in in well, part well, four. Well, if we learned from our advice episode, some of these people are autistic, and 
I can say this. You love numbers. Oh, you're going to make your special interest Big Soy Naturals? Please don't do that. <laughs> Please don't do that. Please. Find something else to do with your time. Um, but the DIU is a Silicon Valley-based organization that aims to work directly with companies that develop cutting-edge technology in order to get it to the military faster. And so what they aim for is for like startups to send teams to military bases to figure out how the army can incorporate their technology to make their life easier. So, for example, like sending in a team of people to help uh, the military have an app um, that they'll make for like scheduling the refueling of tankers. <laughs> Sorry, um, it's like an app know. to schedule. Like, oh yeah, put it in my Google Calendar. I need well, to fill. I need to okay. fill up the tank with Exxon Mobil. <laughs> Have you you've you've been to college? You went to college. I did like a normal one. Um, eh. <laughs> did you have like you had tech people in your in your university? Well, it was it was a college and not a university. And I mean, I don't mean to sound no, like I'm being snobby. I'm, I'm saying, well, I'm saying that my college had 1,700 people in it, and um, so you didn't have tech people. So it was and not that many. There was a, there was like three computer science classes like a year, and okay. I did that on purpose. Um, <laughs> I didn't want to talk All to right. any anyone in STEM. <laughs> well, obviously, I'm in STEM. I mean, you're I in STEM. Math, I have a math degree. And so you're you're an exception. With, with math or the sciences? To me, for me, yes. What about chemists? They make they make potions that you use. It's it's not it's it's not the people I have the problem with necessarily. Or like what they it's not what they're so doing. It's the field it's, of study. It's it's it's, it's, it's I I reverse that. Hate science. I, I reverse that like by accident. It's not the field of study, it's the people. There's just there's some mm. people who are into STEM and I think even our listeners and our friends who I love who are in STEM can agree with me on this. There are quite a few people in the STEM world that are absolutely insufferable. And I do not want to hang out. I did not okay. want to hang out with them. <laughs> I hear you, but let me counter you with uh, philosophy majors. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, people I mean, that obviously. go to school for like theater studies. I did uh, run into a lot of those, and I like, and they were all any, certifiable. Any English lit, any English lit major. English lit um, majors don't know how to dress. Can I say that? Science people, like you know, I let's, English lit majors all dress. In the same, at least at the time that I went to school, in the same mod cloth midi skirt and the fucking polka dot blouse. But I'm getting distracted <laughs> from what I was trying to say, which is that in universities where they have like a computer science program, a thing that they do a lot at the end of the year, I think maybe just for the people that are graduating, but maybe everyone, I don't know, um, is like they'll be like make an app, and then and then these like children make kind of a useless app to show that they know how to make one and then they can put that on their resume. And that seems like what's going on here. They're making an app to re to schedule the refueling of tankers seems fairly useless. Mm. Um, another tech company that's doing a major military partnership is the parent company of Twitch. You might've heard of them. Um, they're called Amazon and Amazon's web services um, is like one of the companies that's most involved in the U S military and intelligent agencies. It is the official cloud provider of the CIA, which is why we have a Neo cities. Um, mm -hmm. Cause we not in any way are we connected 
to the CIA mm-hmm. or the FBI or ICE or um, Congress or Peter Thiel. Mm-hmm. We have no ties to any U.S. presidents besides Kendall's uh, relatives, and we will never give a keynote speech at the Reagan Presidential Library. Um, but I would rather Amazon, peel off every one of my own toenails individually than enter that place. Amazon cannot say the same for themselves. Um, like, not only are is Amazon Web Services the official cloud provider for the CIA, they also work as a computing subcontractor for the Department of Defense. In 2013, uh, a cloud computing contract helped the CIA find out which of their legacy tech was working. I like that they waited until 2013 (laughs) to figure that out. I would love to see what kind of computers they were using until then. I mean, if you take a look at, like, any government website, it's all real fucking ugly um, and, like, Mm. 10 years out of date. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're, like, on CRT monitors from, like, the early 2000s some really old Dell computer that's battery is about to explode um, up until recently, at least up until 2013. And uh, in 2017, Amazon um, like uh, sealed the deal on a contract with the CIA to host data on their cloud at the secret clearance level. So I don't know if we have do any they call hackers. It, do they call it the like, secret clearance level? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's, that's their, very funny to me. In the official document. We call it the we call level. it the super secret. It's ooh, it's it's the shush level. <laughs> well, I know we've we've got some little like hackers and little computer monsters that listen to the podcast. And now you know where the secrets mm-hmm. are hosted. It's on Amazon Web Services. So do your do your best. Do your worst. Um do your best. Well, I mean, your worst to them. That's what. But do your best work. Yeah, for us. Do it like <laughs> like there might be a performance review and Lane is in charge. Mm-hmm. Um, but like with all of these instances, it seems like there's been significant backlash from the various tech workers against these these partnerships and even though it hasn't really made too much of an impact it still makes the army it makes them sad um Mm -hmm. in 2019 there's a financial times article that shares um the plight of national security technology accelerator crazy title national security technology accelerator director adam j harrison um, it said that too many tech businesses are turning their backs on the army. That um, doesn't sound right to me. I'm like, I'm pretty sure like from everything we've outlined, a lot of tech companies are not turning no, their backs. But they, they could be doing more. Oh, okay. They could okay. be doing more. Cause it's, I mean, it's like the persecution complex. Mm. That, like, I or don't imposter know, I syndrome. Like, Every like, reactionary oh, person has. Maybe I'm just maybe some other company is just doing so much more for the military, and I, I just I don't have enough to give. You know, little imposter syndrome. Hmm. I don't. Well, I guess it's it's kind of an imposter syndrome. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> um. But like, I mean, there there um have been examples of like the the military like wanting to make use of various companies technology and then those companies like turning down those partnerships um 
or like in the example of Google, like there being enough um, backlash that it doesn't happen. Um, or like the, you know, there's like robot dogs. Oh yeah. From Boston dynamics. Yeah. So for a while, like they were not, um, they were not sharing with the U S military because they had been acquired by, uh, Google and Google, um, like knew that there was more money that could be made like elsewhere if that technology wasn't shared because, um, Oh man, I'm not like, this is not my world. The, if, if they share the tech for the evil robot dog, then the military owns it like forever and can make use of it in other things versus if they like have contracts with like private companies, um, there's like more money to be made that way. So it wasn't until the robot dogs were acquired by uh, Hyundai, Hyundai, um, that then, then they started partnering with cops and the military. Um, but I feel like you should you should never trust a company from Boston that is making anything resembling a weapon. Um, I have been afraid of those dogs from the start. I mean, don't trust Boston. Period. Don't like, trust Boston. But I I take comfort in knowing that those dogs are probably as well built as a Juicero. Yeah. I think that you can just knock one over. I think it'll be fine. Well, they have all those videos to where they kick them to show them that to show that you they they are trying to test um functions so that you can't knock them over. Cuz yeah. isn't so the idea like, that like they're meant to be used you, for policing at least in part. Um so like yeah. the idea would be that like you make it so that they can't get kicked over. Um And the other the other thing is that um in the past like we've shared a lot of this technology that then gets used by tech companies um, or, or gaming companies is first like developed by the military and then they make use of it and improve upon it. But that um, cycle is no longer the case. More often that com- like the technology and the products are being developed by tech companies, like yes, making use of the foundation that comes from public funding, but that foundation is like, 20, 30 years old. And so there like doesn't need to be a direct partnership anymore for like that innovation to be happening. And so in this same Financial Times article, which is titled uh, US Defense, Losing Edge in Technology, um, Mario Mancuso, a former member of George W. Bush's national security team, um, and now partner at Kirkland and Ellis says when Clinton became president in 1993, two thirds of the relevant technology was developed by the Department of Defense. Eight years later, when he left the White House, the percentages were uh, reversed. So, like, the military is trying to correct course. They want like more direct partnerships with Silicon Valley Mm -hmm. and like not just not just Microsoft. They were like, "Poo poo, Um, those dorks. We don't need them." And now they're like, please dorks. Like they want, they want Nintendogs in the military. They want Pokemon. Well, is that, that's all, that's already Nintendo. So once they've got the Nintendogs, they want, they want Pokemon Go in there too, Mm -hmm. though, for sure. Oh yeah. They probably want Siri to speak to them in a sexy voice. Um, Who else? Maybe they want Verizon 
With yeah. its, maybe with its map maybe they want whoever got. they whoever, want T-Mobile. Maybe who they want whoever owns the remnants of Radio Shack to come by and just they give them some floppy disks cricket, to shoot. Cricket Mobile. <laughs> I I really cannot name a tech company. I start thinking of cell phone providers. <laughs> um who else is it? I mean, like, Nike considers themselves to be a tech company now. They make so. sneakers. Yeah, but oh, now space, you know, SpaceX. Actually, the military already partners a lot with SpaceX. SpaceX, not related um, to us, though. Uh, well, pretty much like any engineering. Major but they want more now. Yeah, they want more. They they they're not satisfied with all that they have. They want they want Nike shoes. They want Pokemon Go's. Uh, they want Nintendogs. And like a child with a very long Christmas list. They just got a lot of money to spend and they would like to, they would like to have it. And a little so boy in, king. In 2018, at the 10th annual um, Halifax International Security Forum, Joseph Dunford, who was the chairman of the U.S. Joint Chiefs of Staff, says that working with the Army is not about doing something that's unethical, illegal, or immoral. This is about ensuring that we can collectively defend the values for which we stand. I have a very hard time with companies that are working very hard to engage the market inside China and then don't want to work with the U.S. military. I just have a simple expression. We are the good guys. <laughs> Everything. Said, please, of- please, please. <laughs> hey, we're not rubbing our hands together and going, ooh, ooh, what crimes can we do next? Um, we are simply the good guys, and it's really hard for me to not feel um, really like triggered and traumatized whenever I engage with a company that wants to engage with the market inside China and they don't want to hang out with me. Like that just makes me feel really excluded. <laughs> like, turned the chief joints of staff guy into a pit crew avatar teenager. Um, I mean, there that's, an, that's kind of what you're doing moment. here, where you're just like, well, and I'm good and they're bad, so. <laughs> there's uh, So I was reading a bit more about the Halifax International Security Forum, mostly because I wanted to see, like, what hotel is this hosted in? Mm. Because, okay, like, ACAB. And I would and I would do I would do terrible things there if I got invited. But I would like I would love to go to one of these conferences because mm. I know that they've got you like posted up at a sweet, sweet hotel. Oh, and yeah. there's probably like really good food there too. I like the Microsoft one, um, where they gave the statement to CNN at the um at a go back up in my my little notes. Um but where was this? Uh, it was at the the, the Barcelona um, Mobile World Conference. Like, I want to be there. I want to go to Barcelona. I would like to stay at that hotel. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, the location of the International Security Forum was not, it was not disclosed in any of the articles that I found oh. about it, which probably makes sense. I suppose that that's like Wouldn't a bunch it be funny? of people that, that I would like to have in one room. Wouldn't it be funny um, if it was at like for, a Best Western? <laughs> it's definitely not. If they had like as, a continental I mean, breakfast of like barely warm eggs. anything, it's that the government has so much money to spend because they print the money. Oh yeah, they I'm sure it was at like a Ritz Carlton, really nice hotel. I just think it would fake. be funny if they if they if it was at like one of those like Best Westerns, 
um, where they ask you if you want a smoking or non-smoking room and they put you in like a smoking room anyway. Um, and no, like, <laughs> that would never happen. There's, they're going there on our tax dollars. Oh, I know. I know. Um, I'm just, but, I'm creating visual scenarios in my head. Sir, think <laughs> visuals. Yeah. And let me give you a real visual. They're probably Because the Ritz, even though I couldn't you know? find out about what hotel this conference takes place in, I was able to find out from the AP article, military chiefs say tech giants should work with the Pentagon. This real life event that took place at the forum, a stirring tribute was played of the late Senator John McCain. Oh, and then Sidney McCain said, after, we've lost his voice now at a time when it was most needed. <laughs> it's up to us now. And that's why, you know, Pokemon Go, they've got to get, they've got to start doing stuff. What was for needed the military. from John McCain? His voice. What part? You know, David Foster Wallace <laughs> followed John McCain on the campaign trail in the year 2000, I think, like, uh, on behalf of some, like, newspaper or whatever. And I, they sent they sent him after John McCain for him to write about what, what he was like on the campaign trail. And he tried really hard to get all of us, the readers, to be, like, empaths. They were, he was like, Ima- like, imagine you're John McCain. Now, really imagine what it's like to be John McCain. Ima- I'm imagine- old. I'm bald. <laughs> <laughs> no, like when, like when he was like a prisoner of war. Oh, okay, and he was okay. Like, I'm young. Like imagine I'm not bald. <laughs> but you know I'm what? in a POW camp. That would never be me because I just wouldn't go to war. Yeah, I would have already fled. You know, I would have. I would have been a defector. Yeah, I would be in Canada. Hmm. I'd be living cult. it up. Yeah. I would have shot myself in the foot. I would have claimed that I have I'm, several disabilities. I would I have said know. that I'm insane. And that I wouldn't have be, been a prisoner of war in, the, like, anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, like nowhere is that going to yeah. happen. Because I'm not, I'm not going to war. Um, but David Foster Wallace wanted us to have empathy. And so that's something that he has in common with, Cindy McCain, mm-hmm. John McCain's wife. But it's it's not just Cindy McCain and these guys at whatever hotel they're in that are whining. Like this sort of like lamenting that the military and Silicon Valley don't have this close of a relationship as mm-hmm. they could has been going back for a little while. Um, once again, I'm quoting again from the Financial Times article, U.S. defense losing its edge in... Uh, uh, wait, that's that's a lie. Wait, no, it's no, it's not. Okay, oops. Once again, I am quoting from the Financial Times article: "U.S. defense losing its edge in technology," and they spell defense with a C. And also, when I tried like copying some of these quotes from the article into mm. my own notes so that I could have them. The Financial Times let me know that copying articles is a is a breach of their terms and conditions <laughs> and copyright policy. So we might get into trouble, I guess, for quoting, I think it, I think what they quoting mean, their article. I think what they mean is that you're not supposed to uh, copy and paste it and then publish it as if it was your own work. Well, I think I'll that's what they're what trying I to want. say. And you said that, you said they're British, right? Yeah, also they okay, spell so defense they, with a C. They have, yeah, that's again another another point to why they might be, like, they're probably, it's a, it's probably a British spelling, but I think also they have, 
British copyright law. I don't know the specifics of it, but it's a little different. Um, so I think like, like for online terms well, and conditions, they have to like do more or something. Um, but Who are that they might be to why. tell me what to do? Um, so they're painting a picture for us. They said in May, I guess May of 2015, Ashton Carter made his fourth trip to Silicon Valley to talk about innovation since becoming U.S. Defense Secretary 15 months earlier. None of his predecessors had made this journey in the past 20 years. <laughs> a Rhodes Scholar with a doctor Ooh. in theoretical physics, Mr. Carter seems comfortable among the technology elite but his frequent visits are also a reflection of his concern about a growing disconnection between the defense establishment and Silicon Valley, a divide that worsened in the wake of Edward Snowden's 2013 revelations about government surveillance that persists today. I wouldn't brag about being a Rhodes Scholar. It, That's, to me, uh, you know, to me, you don't want to be associated like, with those. It's people. like the British equivalent of being like a Mensa member in my mind. <laughs> It's just like okay, <laughs> great job. You joined you you joined a whole group of people that got some money for being something, um, in order to go to Oxford, an institution where if in order to take your exams you have to wear a silly little outfit, um, to all of your tests. Well, also like I just you know I wouldn't be promoting my relationship or connection with. Uh, Cecil Rhodes. Yeah. Like, Ew. I, you know, I, they need to change the name of that. They should just call it the bit the big scholarship and not the the Rhodes the bi- scholarship. The big money scholarship. The um, number one number one scholarship, top dog scholarship, instead mm-hmm. of like the the Rhodesia scholarship. Yeah. Ew. Bill Clinton is also a Rhodes scholar. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it checks out. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, so Mr. Carter, he's talking about. Repairing the relationship between Silicon Valley and the military at the Defense One Tech Summit. Again, I I want to know I want to know what hotel this takes place in, and I would like to I want to stay at that hotel. I want them <laughs> to pay me their consulting money, which is probably like several thousand dollars to oh, show yeah. up for a meeting for like one hour. And I want to stay in the hotel and I want to eat the snacks. And all I expenses paid, of course, of course. Am a committed anti-imperialist, but like I oh, but I what love is their them. room service like? <laughs> I like I like seeing the thread count numbers mm-hmm. be be high and i like to stay in a nice hotel and, and go to I do. a bar at the hotel and say oh charge it to the room i love i love charging it to the room i feel like eloise at the plaza i love um getting room service and they come in with the little tray um or the little cart and they've got like the silver trays and everything and then when i'm done i just like i just leave the plates outside um so mr carter um was the like creator and founder of the Defense Innovation Board that we mentioned earlier. Um, and on that, like it does have various tech CEOs and leaders on, on their board, such as Google's Eric Schmidt, um, or the founder of LinkedIn, Reid Hoffman, which is such a LinkedIn-ass name. Um, and so at this summit, he is explaining what he's trying to do, and he says, I'm committing to building and rebuilding the bridges between our national security endeavors at the Pentagon and innovators throughout the nation from the tech entrepreneurs at Silicon Valley. And he had made similar remarks at a different speech at 
Stanford University mm. um, just a few weeks before that. Um, something else that he helped create um, is a government-sponsored program called Hack the Pentagon, um, where you can apply to be um, one of the contestants, and then you can help identify and resolve security oh. vulnerabilities within the Defense Department websites. I'd heard of this, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's been going on since 2015, like mm-hmm. since this guy created it. Um, and it is through a partnership with Hacker One, um, which like does these sort of like, let's find the holes in your security, like for all kinds of things um, mm-hmm. based out of Silicon Valley. And there's a $150,000 prize. This is what I mean about the gut. Go- the government's just got money. Yeah. they And they like, just throw it around. They don't like you. Um, if you like get a government contracting job, if you like work in like uh, construction or something mm-hmm. like you can charge so much money for doing nothing because they have, they just have money. The only time that they don't have money is if you are a teacher and you're making mm-hmm. um, uh, like a salary that's paid, paid by people's taxes. Um, and then they don't have any money for you. But if you, you know, at, like almost anything else, if you need to stay in a hotel because you are, um, a consultant Ooh, and yeah. you're going to speak at a summit. Maybe, maybe even, they, maybe even a so lobbyist. Money. If you want like a little fancy, a little fancy boy lunch, like they'll pay for that um, for you. But I think like it's, it's more than just the moral qualms of, um, some like tech employees that is, uh, driving a wedge between the like relationship between the military and Silicon Valley. And, that's that's the thing that talks loudest of all, which is which is money. Mm-hmm. Um, the Financial Times article um, that like is is the U.S. I'm you know is the U.S. defense losing its edge in technology? Um, that one gives an example of that, which is uh, iRobot, an independent robot company, developed two parallel technologies. One is iRobot's military technology. And that was the recipient of an order from the DOD um, to defuse improvised explosive devices and other improvised bombs in Iraq by safely tearing out the wiring without endangering bomb disposal technicians. And then the other uh, was the Roomba. Um, and it made way more money off of off of making the Roomba. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do want to say just recently that like in 2022... Um, iRobot is no longer independent. They were bought by Amazon once again uh, for $1.7 billion. Uh, But that was on August 5th, 2022. So up until very, very recently, they were an independent uh, technology company selling uh, military technology. So they're making like vacuums for, Mm -hmm. well, for, for honestly, for me, I did, I have, I bought a Roomba off, off eBay not that long ago because I mm-hmm. fucking hate vacuuming and I've got two dogs. So they're making vacuums it is a for lazy chore. people. Mm-hmm. For lazy people that hate to vacuum. And then they're also making bomb technology. And that's like the kind of relationship that the military would like to see more of between um like tech companies and themselves. But it that I mean the money is there. 
because as we keep saying, like the government's got a lot of money to spend, but it is a one-time contract or like a contract that renews versus the amount of money that can be made if the technology is proprietary and you sell it over and over again. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's like where this divide is coming from is that um, like people or like companies don't necessarily see the value of selling what could be proprietary technology. That was what happened with the uh, Boston Dynamic dogs when they were owned by Google. Um, where if it was sold to the military, then they would just have robot dogs forever. Um, yeah, I mean, if but you... If, but if they make the robot dogs and then... They, I don't know who, who well, would buy I mean, them, if though, you, besides, like, cops. If any but, if any listeners out there are avid watchers of Shark Tank, you know that proprietary is, like, um, the number one term that gets uh, people salivating, and that's because, like, it will make it so that, like, your technology or whatever you're patenting whatever thing that you bring to the table as a business um, is unique enough that like it cannot be replicated um, at least in, in full by other companies. Um, And that's the difficult part with technology is that a lot of it has to like, in order to be proprietary, there are a lot of little things that um, and little details and, um, in order to make it like so unique that it cannot be replicated um, and also cannot be replicated due to patents. Um, So like if you give it to a public institution, like the government, like there goes all proprietary, uh, you know? Yeah. And that 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 is how like initial computer technology and initial gaming technology was able to thrive so much is that this like, information and these tools were publicly available. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't, as as an exchange, it doesn't necessarily make sense financially the other way around unless you are a Microsoft-type company and you're getting these massive, massive billion-dollar contracts. Right. Um, so remember how we were saying that people... People in the military, I mean, all the way back in the 90s when they were developing their training video games, they were like, fuck, the... Uh, the all volunteer force means that the people that join the military are the types of people that join the military and not um, like us getting to pull a random selection of Americans, which is probably going to probably going to give you a much better pool yeah. of, of or people even with getting, skills and talents. Or um, even giving than, you the ability to like pull from so many people that you can pull that you can eliminate enough and pull just from America's finest. Yeah, they missed the draft so bad, but we'll never have one again. Um, But like on this note at John Hopkins University, um, former Secretary of Defense James Mad Dog Mattis, also former (laughs) investor in, uh, uh, oh my God, what's Elizabeth Holmes' company? Uh, Theranos. Yeah, former Theranos board member and investor Mad Dog Mattis. Um, He said... At this speech, our competitive edge, meaning the military's competitive edge, has eroded in every domain of warfare, (laughs) air, land, sea, space, and cyberspace, and it's continuing to erode. So not only is the problem like that now the technology that the military wants to make use of is coming from private companies that they have to buy rather than the other way around, it's also that they are not um, recruiting they're not recruiting the best and brightest. Yeah. They are they are getting the types of people who 
who want to join the military. Yeah, because the um, the the smarty smart genius genius like engineering majors, for example, that they used to be able to get in order to make their planes off of the draft are now being recruited by private companies that will then sell them military technology, such as Lockheed and, and you I know. I mean, it's the dra- like the end of the draft, but it's also that uh, like the salaries for private tech companies have skyrocketed in a oh, way yeah. that the military can't compete with like on, on that level. Mm-hmm. Um, they can absolutely hire engineers and pay them money and pay them what many people would consider to be a good salary, but it's not um, like going to provide someone with the idea of infinite growth right. the way that maybe being a really, really talented person that works um, at Google or Microsoft could, and could you have allow to, someone to fantasize you, about. You have to remember that like a, a tech job now in this like competitive market, especially in Silicon Valley, is different than like getting a regular, regular job. Like if you are talented enough Um, You are usually getting them through like being scouted at these like different events or these different like symposiums. Um, Like if you're really, really, truly talented, um, you're getting like, you know, um, they don't really headhunting is a very offensive term, but like that's the one that they use pretty often. Um, Like you're getting like scouted by headhunters by tech companies um, especially if you're like make if you're an independent like let's say you're an independent engineer guy and you're making like apps or whatever um, and they really like your work um, like they're well, coming also, to you with a really lucrative if, offer. Even if the salary that was offered was the same, which mm-hmm. it is in some cases, you still got to join the military. Yeah. So which, like, like you know. That's not everyone wants to do that. Some people just want to have a job. So they're trying to correct this issue. And so at universities across the United States, except for the Evergreen State College, because that is not where they grow evil because they, (laughs) they don't have, they don't have the, uh, Mm -hmm. they don't, they don't have the the infrastructure for it. Right. Um, The uh, WNC, which is, a listener-supported public radio station serving the Research Triangle area of North Carolina. Um, they wrote the article, Unable to Recruit Enough Techies, the Military is Partnering with Universities and Startups. And that's where I got this information. Um, the MD5 National Security Technology Accelerator, which was launched in 2016, um, they work with universities and venture tech companies to create small groups of innovators who solve big military problems. Um, And so these innovators are just like university students that are in computer science classes that are like maybe aiming to get a tech job when they graduate. And then they take classes um, like at Duke University's Hacking for Defense that the military like helps subsidize the costs of. Um, and then they are given actual military problems to solve as school assignments. So we free labor? We will link this <laughs> in, yes, yeah, freely. <laughs> I mean, they're interns. We will link this in our um, citations, which I think are now, it's now going to be on our website, but I have a photo that you might, you might enjoy seeing of the mixed university and military team for the hackathon hackathon competition, um, or like one of them that happened in 2018. Um, I 
like I mean this is this is from just like the WNC article so I, I it doesn't say it doesn't say who's military and who's a student because this is I like I would like to know what young the story recruits. is of I want to know the story of the one woman in the very center mm-hmm. of this photo and the only woman in this photo who looks like she's being held at gunpoint <laughs> No, I bet she wants to be there. And I and she just I looks very um, uncomfortable. Like, and I can no. imagine why. <laughs> like Yeah, I I would love to hear from our listeners if you have the time to check out this photo. Who do you think is uh like who who do you think is the who's, computer science? Who's an engineer who's, of war? <laughs> and who's the the like military enlistee? Because I really it could go it My could money's go on anyway. glasses up. Uh, in the bottom Can le- most right. of them have glasses? I'm saying in the... I, I, I just specified in the bottom right. Okay, I gotta... Well, I have to pull out my hands and figure out which <laughs> one is, is right. I just did, okay. so... <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. I, so wait, which one is he? Um, bottom right in the front row um, in the red shirt. Mm-hmm. I just... I, I, I feel like he's an, he, he's an engineer of war. He's in, okay, he's he's in the military. Yeah, I think he's in the military. Um entirely entirely possible. I just um, I get a, I so, get a vibe, so I get a feeling. Yeah, just um like various tactics for correcting what I think uh, was called the brain drain. Um that that was mentioned in in one of the the earlier episodes where they were talking about how you know the military is just not it's not recruiting smart people so mm-hmm. they they have to pay they got to pay Microsoft billions of dollars for all of this technology um, when they could they could just be having it happen all in house. Um, I got a little Activision Blizzard update, which is that our friends in the UK are blocking the Activision Blizzard Microsoft acquisition mm-hmm. of the $68.7 billion deal. And that's because they've, they've got concerns about the future of cloud gaming. They feel that Microsoft or the CMA feels that Microsoft is so dominant in cloud gaming that with this acquisition, it could control the entire future. Um, Which the is CMA true. is the Competitions and Markets Authority. So it's like the UK's version of the FTC, I believe. Brad Smith, our friend Brad Smith, he was awake at 2 a.m. that day, um, the day that the, the the CMA, the Country Music Awards, said <laughs> no thanks to this deal um, and wrote a response and, and said that this is the darkest day for Microsoft in its four decades of working All in All of these Britain. people are so dramatic. We're eroding in every land. This is the darkest day. <laughs> well, you know, they might lose out on 60, 68.7 I know. I know. billion it's just, dollars. It's just it very funny the way that they talk. <laughs> you know what that CEO bonus probably looks like? Or sorry, that the president bonus, President Brad Smith. I keep wanting to call him the CEO. I don't know I what mean, the difference is. I don't either. <laughs> um, but he sort of, you know, he brought Brexit up. He made it political. And he said that the European Union is actually a more attractive place to start a business than the UK. Um, because the the EU is more likely going to just approve the merger. Mm-hmm. There have been um, similar, although not equivalent, because this is like kind of an unprecedented uh, sort, of, sort of deal. But there have been like similar mergers 
um, that the EU has approved as, as okay. So there probably isn't going to be a fight for Microsoft there. And in order to fight the UK's decision, Microsoft is going to have to file a notice with the Competition and Appeal Tribunal, which they have helpfully given us the acronym CAT. Um, But that process is probably going to take months, and then they're going to have to convince a panel of judges that the CMA um, acted irrationally or illegally, and the chances of them winning are pretty slim. Um, In the... uh, Verge article about this act, uh, like the UK stalling the merger with Activision. Um, the writer spoke with uh, someone, someone that does, they do legal stuff with the CMA, with the Country Music Awards, Nicole Carr. Um, and she had written that the CMA has won 67% of all of their merger appeals since 2010. Um and so if they win the majority of their appeals, and this is like, I mean, this is like very vertical integration. Yeah. Um, so it seems unlikely that Microsoft would win their appeal there. But if the EU approves it, um, then the UK would be the only like major market to outright block the acquisition because mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia, Brazil, Chile, Japan, Serbia, and... South Africa, my my people, and I mean they, they have all already approved the deal. So and I mean then since the U- Brexit, the UK would be the only ones out. And I mean since Brexit, they've been falling behind in a lot of markets um, generally. So I assume like the pressure might even just make them cave anyway. Um, yeah, I think that if, they, if there is like global pressure like that, then that might change things. Even if legally. The um appeal like the appeal shouldn't stand, mm-hmm. but I think that we're we maybe we'll have to provide an update because the FTC also like sued to block the deal um mm. sometime last year and they uh are still in the discovery stage um but there will be a hearing August second which probably will not be fun to watch but you see oh, we'll probably people, be in tune for go ahead <laughs> I I don't watch no I don't watch I'm the saying news, I'm but saying I read as a collective about the news later. <laughs> Like I might, so just for the for the I, sake of investigative journalism. Got another uh, Microsoft deal that's not going so well. Do you remember those Hololenses that I was yeah. talking about? Mm-hmm. So this is also the way that like military contracts work, or like government contracts in general work, where like something is signed in 2018, but then it doesn't come to fruition until 2023. Really, the only entity that you can make deals like that with where you're like, yeah, I'll do something and then you don't do it for six Mm -hmm. years. Um, So The Verge published this article January 20th or sorry, January 12th, 2023. And it says Congress says the army can't spend four hundred million (laughs) dollars buying Microsoft HoloLens headsets. And you're gonna really like where this goes. I think that you're gonna you're gonna love the twists and turns this will take you on. So mm-hmm. it's um, I'm quoting the article. It goes: Congress has denied the Army's request to buy up to six thousand nine hundred headsets based on Microsoft's Hololens technology. The military was apparently asking for around four hundred million. Again, I am confused about these numbers. <laughs> four hundred million for less than seven thousand headsets i i'm i don't know but the military is apparently asking for around 400 million instead it's getting around a tenth of that to go towards improving the system as previous versions of the hololens reportedly caused 
mission affecting oh. physical impairments <laughs> such as headaches and nausea. That's right. The uh lenses that they gave Microsoft so 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 much money for was giving our our troops Havana syndrome. Well, it kind of makes uh, sense because like VR headsets have have it's always been like a I mean, ever since it's like implementation within like the tech sphere, like VR headsets have like had this problem with motion sickness that they've been trying to like fix. Mm. Um, that's just really hard to do because like when you're playing a video game on a TV, it's going to be a very different experience than having it like blasted directly into your eyeballs because you're you, the angles at which you're viewing it completely can fuck up your entire inner ear balance. Um, cause now like mm. you're, um, you're, cause like most for like, at least for most early VR, it's been that you are standing in the middle of a, um, basically a box that you've made with, um, a couple different tripods that include these cameras that are mapping how, um, you move so that it can track your movement to like where it wants you to view things. So you are you so, now have horse blinders on that are showing you like this this completely new angle to view a video game um, mm. that can like just completely fuck up your entire inner ear balance and it's been like a a problem that's been plaguing the entire VR sphere for so long. It's not a surprise to me that like to make these training simulations, a bunch of people who are probably not like going to do like air force, like, you know, they're not going to fly in an airplane. They're not operating vehicles day to day. Um, are getting like so we motion should let sickness. the IDF have more of them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's apparently the results of like motion sickness and nausea and stuff that led to the new budget for new headsets. Um, because I guess um, however many headsets that they, uh, that Microsoft initially provided, given everyone a, a tummy ache. Um, and this new budget was not included in the government's like the, the most recent um, 100 point sorry, 1.75 trillion military spending bill. I, once I get up to these numbers, it's, it's hard for me to, but so I don't, yeah. Cause, I, cause I'm confused Army, because initially I thought it was a hundred thousand and now it's like they wanted the, so the 80 million would be for the next, the, the next what? Like, um, fucking like, I can't do math. Like, like so, the eighty millions for the for the rest, the remainder of the hundred thousand, or just like like four hundred million is for six hundred, like six uh, sixty nine hundred. I think you know, like once you start using these numbers, I'm just like it, they're just too big. I yeah. don't know what's going on. But they, you know, this contract initially was from twenty nineteen, and I'm not sure how much how much was fulfilled, um, but. Whatever was, it was giving was giving our troops Havana syndrome, mm-hmm. and so we have now a new budget. Like Microsoft okay. gave them a, a product that sucks, and then they say, "Okay, we'll give you more money, um, so that you can make us a better product." So the army like plans to acquire what they're calling a uh, version one point two that will include a new form factor. Um, this is again quoting from the Verge article, meant to address the physical symptoms as well as a lower profile heads up display, 
with distributed counterweight for improved user interface and comfort and software improvements. And so, so far, the Arby's ordered around 5,000 of these like version 1.2 headsets, but the contract that they were trying to get could let it order up to uh, 120,000 over the course of a decade. Okay. So that's that's why Congress is like, hold on, hold on about this. <laughs> Um, because in 2022, like a Senate committee already slashed the army's procurement request for more of these headsets. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Fa- failing. But they were like, but it's okay. give, give them to us anyway. And they were like, this no, again. Vertical <laughs> integration. Do you know what vertical integration is, Kenny? I know that you went to, you went to college. <laughs> I know that it's a term. <laughs> mm, okay. I was not a business major. Um. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure they taught they taught us this in like middle school when you're learning about the Gilded Age. Uh. Oh my god! Wait. My so god. when I use the term vertical integration, were you just like? I mean, I just I you, you were just vibing. Well, kind kind of like what I'm at, like my my silly little office job. They're saying like end to end evergreen. You know, they're just they're just saying words at me and I'm like guessing as to what they mean. But we're friends. I'm not I mean, I guess I we're also coworkers, but you could you could tell me you could say what's vertical integration. Maybe that's okay, what well, our well, are well why don't why don't I start over? What's vertical integration? Okay. Vertical <laughs> integration is when like a company can like kind of streamline its processes. So imagine if we're the most popular podcast in the world okay. and then we I don't use have to our imagine that, yeah. to buy the company that makes the microphones and then we also buy the company that makes the laptops so that when I open up my laptop okay. like screws don't fall out and then we also maybe buy like WeWork so that we've got a place to record you know okay That's vertical integration now I understand it's the yeah it's the it's the buying up of companies to create um in a sense, well, or like creating, your own. you could be creating companies also to just like yeah. sort of like you've got every every line of production. The buying and creation of companies. It's like how Amazon started off as a bookstore, and now it has it's it, it has its own shipping service and uh, a movie Amazon studio is a and uh, yeah, and makes vacuums and does like, like manufacturing well, and whatever else. It wants to do. It's not quite a not quite a monopoly, but it's like the kind mm-hmm. of monopolizing that's allowed. Because if you do horizontal integration, which is the other kind, that would be if we bought every other podcast and then we canceled mm-hmm. all of them, and then we were the only podcast. Then the government would tell us you can't do that, and they'd break us up. Yeah. Um, but so so all I'm trying to say is that. Microsoft, they've mastered the art of vertical integration. So while they might be in trouble with their Blizzard Activision deal and they might be in trouble with their Havana Syndrome headsets, they've got something all ready to go. Um, I've got a GeekWire article from May 1st. So that's two days ago from when we're recording. Microsoft is there enlist generative AI to help Pentagon look for satellite oh. imagery. Uh, so you see like they've got their hands in everything so it doesn't matter if one of them like you know if one of them isn't going through or if their their headsets make everyone dizzy they've got other stuff make a new one so 
Here's the question the article poses. Can a chatbot help Pentagon planners find the satellite data they need to understand what's happening in a global uh, global hotspot? Microsoft Azure Space recently showed the U.S. military how an application beefed up with AI could do just that. Um, And so they... Microsoft presented a demonstration for the Pentagon. Um, it was conducted for the Defense, Un- Defense Innovation Unit, which with the DIU, um, I remember the mm-hmm. acronym, um, their hybrid space architecture program, which they're calling the HSA. Um, and yeah. it is among several space-related uh, developments that Microsoft and its partners showcased today in advance of the space symposium that's happening in Colorado. And that is happening, like, next week. I yeah. would like to go, and I would like to stay yeah. in the hotel. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, let's, so let's get our boots I on the ground here. The, the details of how exactly AI is going to help the Pentagon look for satellite imagery, um, not super forthcoming. I guess they didn't want to give us a, a detailed breakdown of how that's going to work. Maybe it's maybe it's in the secret files that is on mm-hmm. the um, Amazon Web Services. But what we do know is uh, what the senior directive of Microsoft Azure Space, Stephen Kitte, Um, told GeekWire, which is that Azure Space has been committed to enabling people to achieve more both on and off the planet. This commitment encompasses not only commercial applications, but also empowers government missions as well. Digital transformation within the government is key to unlocking the full potential of what's possible in space. And Microsoft is providing these technologies and solutions and agencies along our partners to make this transformation possible. Now, Kenny, do you remember um, how many out of 10, how many drone strikes uh, don't, uh, don't hit their intended target? Isn't it? It's like nine out of 10. It's like 99%. It's nine out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. And there's um. If, if you would quite call it a logical fallacy or um, what what this would be called, but like mm, like kind of a believing in appeal maybe where people are more likely mm. to do something or follow instructions if it is like prompted for them to do that via an hour, like in this case, an AI. Um, and are less mm-hmm. likely to like, double check that. That's how you end up in situations with people who are um, like sitting in their self-driving Teslas, watching Harry Potter, the Prisoner of Azkaban, and they they just <laughs> uh-huh. let the they let the Tesla like recognize uh, traffic lights as the sun or the other way around, and that's how they get it. Or pedestrians they were, like, as paying attention or. Or yeah. if they were even double checking the like um, self driving mechanism, then they would have prevented that from happening. But when the AI is there, then they sort of uh, to to take the wheel. Pun, yeah, pun and they um, they don't notice things they would notice if they were more had more autonomy in like the operation of something. Yeah, I think, you know, it, it comes from the idea that people have that like that, you know, the computer or the algorithm or whatever is smarter than you. And so if that's how you feel, and then 
your job is that you're the drone strike guy and then it tells you to do a drone um maybe like with your best critical thinking skills and I mean, we know about the, the brain drain, I guess, but mm. maybe you you it somewhere else. But the computer is yeah. telling you to do it in this one place. It is supposed to be that you're the person that checks, but the computer wouldn't be wrong. But will you? So you just <laughs> press the button, and then it and then it misses its target nine out of ten times. So I am yeah. interested and curious and excited to see what happens. When the Pentagon is using generative AI to look for satellite imagery, I feel like that's um, that is definitely the beginning of some stuff blowing up in space. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like this is um, this is the start of getting uh, some some Mars debris just hitting Earth at millions of miles an hour. You know, maybe, fingers crossed, we'll get another extinction event. That'll be fun. Um, oh, no, I God. don't. I like being here. I don't want to go extinct. I'm just. Use you. I'm fine. Just, sorry. Should I use a tone indicator? Um, slash J slash sarcasm. Maybe. I don't know what the one for that is. Um, <laughs> Aren't you autistic? But yeah, I. Yeah, I'm autistic. You should, but, you should you know, know I, all the toes then. It it is, I think, also just a lesson to take that um that we will probably be getting to in the next episode that's not about uh you know the military. Uh that yeah, this is AI the end. End of chat the bots. Series. Yeah, this is the end of the this is the end of the series, but um, you know, AI chatbots, we'll probably get into it in an upcoming episode pretty soon um, that um, when you just let those take the wheel, um, you tend to ignore um, the other aspects of it that are not fulfilling what you, you know actually want it to do. A good, you know, what's a good example of that. Are you familiar with Libra Moon, former Nickelodeon star, Grammy Award mm. winner, Florida, Florida, uh, native, well, not native, Flor- mm-hmm. Florida by birth, Ariana Grande. I am. I am familiar. You should say yes. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, current non-Korean yes. woman, Ariana Grande. Well, there is, there is a uh-huh. delay on my end, maybe. Um, <laughs> former non-black woman, Ariana Grande. I actually really like her. <laughs> Um, but, mm-hmm. uh, I think that she's, she's a great example of, of the sort of, uh, you know, like we could call it AI fall. You think the AI is the expert algorithm, uh, fallacy where she, she did something that you should never do, which is that she typed a phrase into Google translate. Um, she typed mm-hmm. in the phrase seven rings, the title of her song, seven rings that I think, you know, it's probably got, it's, it's got some personal meaning to her. It's about when she uh-huh. gave her friends rings that she went, she went to Tiffany for, and then she got them all rings. So she wanted to commemorate the occasion and then she types it in Google translate. And of course the computer is going to be right. And so then she takes it to her tattoo artist yeah. and she says, give me this. And then 
they give it to her and it turns out it says little little charcoal grill um (laughs) barbecue yeah the tattoo equivalent of your drone strike not uh not hitting its intended recipient because (laughs) you trust the algorithm above maybe Mm -hmm. like your own judgment or the judgment of an expert and i think that to conclude this series because i'm sure that we'll have more to say on ai for a while but i think that what I see in the history of like the US military involvement in the creation of video games and video game technology is that we're actually in a really like um potentially hopeful move like moment right now where mm-hmm. um rights to this technology the people who are like creating technology that could potentially be used in warfare like that's none of those things are coming from um, employees of or like people contracted by the military. Like not for the most part, it's coming from private companies and private individuals who all have their their own problems. Also, have is like a pool of work. This is potentially a, mo- a moment where there could be military involvement. Um, like you could you could end military contracts with your company um in one of these major mm-hmm. tech companies if you were just able to like organize with your coworkers yeah i just think you know like things fucking suck but also i feel like there are reasons and moments here if if not to be hopeful if maybe to see the path for becoming hopeful that I hope all of you, dear listeners, take as instruction. I don't know what any of you do for a living, but you you know, maybe maybe you're all Microsoft employees. And if so, please go. If you are all Microsoft employees, I am imploring you to go to www.patreon.com slash bigsoynaturals and like get in on that $15 tier. You don't get anything extra for it. Like the apologies for being middle class tier and I am get, get in there. And that's all that I have for you. Patreon.com slash bigsoynaturals. Have a good night. Bye.
fucking sick and tired of the Photoshop. Show me something natural like Afro with your pride. Show me something natural like ass with some stretch marks. Still a take you down right on your mama's couch and on no side. Hey, this shit way too crazy. Hey, you do not amaze me. Hey, I blew cool from AC. Hey, oh, I'm much as patient. Hey, I don't fabricate it. Hey, most of y'all be faking. Hey, I stay modest about it. Hey, she elaborated. Hey, this that great poop on the AV on the TED talk. Watch my soul speak, you let the mess talk, ayy If I kill a nigga 